Hello, and welcome to the City of Truth. Episode 15, The City of Truth. What is it we are doing here? I'm trying to bring you all, freely, around to my mind, to let you see what it is that I see, to show you a beautiful idea that I can only draw you toward. But what if I told you that it goes deeper than that? What if I told you that the whole universe is like this podcast? What if the whole universe is nothing more than a set of patterns designed to draw your mind and heart toward some greater truth? That everything that has happened in your life up until this moment, and everything that will happen to you afterward, is part of a singular design that is made to guide you freely to something beautiful, to the great unity of being that exists beyond our every perception. What if you were always meant to hear me? What if everything beautiful, everything good, everything that you love, is actually all one thing? God existed first, and then he determined that there should be souls, souls that will participate in the absolute goodness of being. These souls are free and must have a domain of operation. They were given a capacity, above all, to apprehend the one great idea, the very thing we call being, the good that we see in everything we encounter. But this idea is utterly beyond any individual's capacity in its perfect and unified form at least at first. The light of it is simply too great for us to bear directly. So this singular concept, which we call good or being, was shattered in the divine mind into ten trillion separate expressions. These souls needed a means to apprehend the expressions, and the expressions needed to exist independently for men to grasp at them on their own initiative, and so matter was born. Ideas were given form, shaped by laws that dictated the forces of nature, all precisely tuned to mathematically perfect patterns and managed by billions of disembodied intellects, all designed and directed toward one end, to facilitate the development of these minds. The minds themselves were embodied so that they had the tools to apprehend ideas and develop them themselves, as well as offer their labors to God. They would see, in turn, a progressive gradation of being ascending a ladder of perfections with their mind raised ever higher, from evening to morning to pure daylight. They would perceive a great sea of beauties and see the connections between them, and form a singular notion called goodness, and this would be enlightened from on high. They would pursue it in ever more unified form, until they met its fullest expression, and there, at that very moment, their limited natural life would no longer be necessary. They would see an infinite light and become deiform. The mind of man, once a cloud of a million images, would clear until it was a pure crystalline glass through which the impenetrable light of being would shine. All would be well. But there were some that would choose one lesser good over a greater, who would darken their minds instead of enlightening them. Some would be wrecked by their intentions. Some would kill, 
some would betray the very purpose of their existence. And once this was done, the thick fog of the infant mind would become like a sludge. The eye of the mind would become blind, and man would choose to remain in his blindness. This blindness overtook all mankind. Something needed to be done. If this perfect light were extended, if it reached out in its goodness to all things, to their utter limit, then it could perhaps be seen even by the darkest mind that saw only the base meat of ideas and not their higher unity. And so that light did so. That light, that goodness, that perfect and singular being, the origin and end of all minds, became a carpenter and died as a criminal. Now the fog could be cleared. Even the basest and most material minds of men could see a man upon a cross and understand the command to love one another. But God did not fail to see all this before the first moment. It was all by design. The world we inhabit, that instantiation of all beautiful ideas designed to draw us upwards, is a shared reality by all mankind. We could only fathom such a directed experiment as the manipulation of forces around a single man, as a dream meant for only the subject alone. But the dream of God embraces all at once. Every one of its actors are part of the shared intention, but singularly so. Our universe is the optimal multi-billion variable solution for the enlightening of an endless variety of individual minds. Even the free-willed choices of men and angels cannot confound the plans, as the free choices of man are part of the plan, and the choices of others do not adversely impact the plan for you, as God has already foreseen those choices and optimized every element of your life. In this plan, every man is its center. Every man is to be singularly married to that light. The whole of creation is coordinated under one grand design, centered on that light. Man is part of a society, on a shared journey, the singular purpose of it all, and yet joined together for our mutual aim. All the works and wonders of creation move with one another. Its streets direct us, its buildings house and protect us, its sewers turn a utility out of filth. Every step, every moment is carefully crafted from eternity. The whole of existence is a city of truth, and all mankind are our brothers. This is a city of crystal, where the glory of being shines from its source into every structure, softly guiding us. We pursue the city center, that great unified being that is its very heart, and aid others in the same task. The whole of its design points us one way, but we are free citizens, to come and go as we please. We feel ourselves drawn, in every peaceful moment, toward a great and undefinable something. The city center atop a great hill, is our home. All is well, and all shall be well, and we will all one day see that all is well. As a man ascends the great road of being to its source, each street behind him becomes a hindrance. Each higher good that calls man is not helped by the lower. The lower only then obscures it. What was once a blessing must now be shunned. What once brought natural wisdom and joy becomes a part of the clearing fog. No man ascends by remaining where he sits, or climbing back down. So we were given pain and loss, the guards of the city that stand behind us. Thus this crystalline city drives us ever upward, often by destroying what we love, because a lesser love will taint the greater love. 
the light that is in your mind that lets you know that two and two is four, that brought us to accept that there must be a God, is all of one thing. The good you see, the draw it has on you, even the impulse toward the greatest evils, is all of one thing. That good and that light are the same thing. Let us look into this crystal city. The whole of reality consists of three parts and only three parts. God, yourself, and that great crystal that he has constructed around the both of you. He is the brilliant sun in the center whose light is reflected off the manifold faces, all individually cut and crafted to draw you, and you alone, toward the center. Yet, miraculously, the same is true for all the rest of us as well. It is not a mere home for one man, but a true city. Once you find that center and enter therein, it will consume you, not by annihilation, but by completion. You have a great wide hole in you right now. Don't tell me you don't. And it is the shape of that brilliant sun. Every time you move toward the face of the crystal, when you finally reach what good light you think you see in there, you bump into its face. What you thought would make you happy is an illusion, and it is lost the moment you reach it. Surely you've noticed that. But why? Because what you wanted isn't the crystal. It is the light shining in it. You're looking the wrong way. Every moment of this podcast, every moment, has been my own attempt to craft a crystalline face, to draw you to see just what and where you are. Every word of it is part of this unity. Why do you have a mind and common sense? What goodness did we see in science that we refused to abandon? Why does potential and action draw us inevitably to God? Why can there be only one truth? How is it that all things are ordered by providence to a greater end? Why is it that the most brilliant saints only ever saw themselves as a vessel, and proclaimed themselves a mere nothing as they strode the world like giants? This is why. This is why. I can't show it to you. I can only point at it with whatever words inspire me. This is what you are supposed to know. I have found the point, the center of mankind, a unity awful to behold because it encompasses all things. Whatever is good is devoured therein, because all of that good is within it. The world then is this mere crystal, and when it is loved for its own sake, that love becomes a stain, smeared across the crystalline face, a filth that obscures. The filth is all the worse for its pull on us. Not us, but our beast, the part of us that does not see the point, but is itself the smear, the part that shows the dark. But that is not you. You are not your darkness. You are the thing that can transcend it. What a light I've found. It is God himself, and I know this because it's the inspiration on the fringes of the mind, the muse of the poet, the moment of piercing insight, the thrill of requited love, the beauty of the woman or the babe or the land. It is warm and comfortable as the embrace of a wool blanket and the sip of hot coffee and the dog at your feet. It's grand a tower that dwarfs galaxies, the thing of grandeur that makes it grand, unity, perfect unity, love and light and peace and joy and the bowed head, the silent understanding, the thing of which I am, at best, only ever an image, the good behind the good, a reality more real than reality, all of it is one, there is nothing else. Matter is the crystal, and space the streets, and time the flow of traffic. But none of these are beautiful of themselves. The image is beautiful, the art, the technique, the quality. 
the thing born of base parts, drawn from the imagination into a facsimile, and this is all that is. Most of the world sees crystals here and there. By some grace, I have seen the City of Truth. I don't know why. I'm consumed by gratitude at this, filled with shame for falling so short of it, burdened by the desire to show others what is not even in my power to see myself. I used to write fiction for fun. I can't really write stories anymore, it seems. And I think I know why. In this light, the imperfect has no luster. I am infatuated, in love, with something that is in everything but nowhere. All story is in becoming. In perfection there is rest and peace. That's all I know with any clarity. Not that I'm perfect, no. Of course not, I am nothing. But I see the perfect. And what can I say? I can't show you what I see. But it's all you need to see. And what's worse, you've seen it, but only in the glint of those crystals. You catch it for a moment, and you know something. The something. You're looking for it even now. I know. I don't even need to know what your goal is, or if you have a goal. It's the thing of goals, the thing that the hopeless think can't be attained. I've been pointing at it for you, hoping desperately that you'll turn your head. What awaits us is so beautiful, but only if we get out of the way. Our obsessions with created things are what's blinding us. There is a power in that center, that point, that draws all things to itself. Part of the beauty is that it does just that. What else could good do than want all else to share in its goodness? But it is also good to draw gently, freely, those things which would come, not to force the hand of those that won't. We are all poor blind fools. It is being that calls you. You'll never know a moment's peace anywhere else, because there isn't anywhere else. What I wouldn't do to show you what this is, or at least show you how to find it. I hope I've managed to show you at least some faint outline of it. I hope you do not grasp at some crystal and never see the city lights. I know how condescending that is, but I'm only passing it along because I've been condescended too, in a way that a father condescends to his young son. There's no resentment there. There's no need beyond love. That light in the center, he doesn't want anything for you other than the best, I swear it. I've seen it, I have. You don't have to believe me, but you'd be wrong. Pray for your enemies and do good to those who hate you. This isn't just about seeming good, it's in the nature of good. I've seen this perfection and I want you to see it too. Any man who hates me for that is blind and I pity the blind. Call it preaching or proselytizing if you will, but what cruel sort of man finds the true joy of his fellow men and hides it from them? I am in love. I am sick with love. Not love for you, though I do love you because I want you to see this too, but love for him who made us. It's not naive. It's not irrational. I know all the arguments. If you deny or mock him, you have no idea what he is. He's not the spaghetti monster. He's not an imaginary friend on a cloud. He is the ultimate, being itself, all the diverse goodness of creation but unified and infinite and whole. What I've seen is so perfect and beautiful that nothing could ever surpass it even conceptually, and yet what I have seen is nothing of him. You may think that we're small and insignificant on our little rock here in this vast universe. The truth is more extreme still. This vast universe is a pinprick. The universe extends far out beyond what we can see, into realms of different natures. 
And then there are minds. There are literally billions of categories of minds superior to our own. Realms of consciousness beyond brilliance. And those likewise are nothing to the one. Man's insignificance is not grasped even by those who profess it. But the one is not so limited by a silly thing like physical insignificance. What is infinitesimal in itself can be grand by love. And we are more than we seem. We carry a secret in us, a power to reflect beings and even being itself. We behold as he makes us to behold. The universe is a crystal, a city of truth. But so are you, and you were never meant to be alone. I do believe this. You don't need to be cynical anymore. You can trust that this light, that God, that goodness exists, and it is drawing you toward your home if only you will listen. Some things are true, so true that they go to the core of our character. The whole rational framework we've built over this podcast allows us to cast ourselves headlong with trust into that bright abyss. We have kept our feet on the ground until now, so that we could fly when the time came. That time is now. It is rational to believe in the good. You are always right to trust in the goodness of God, without limit or distinction. To always, always trust that His goodness extends as far as can be conceived. A theology of maximum goodness and perfection of God is sufficient to find the entire truth. Whatever is the utmost he can do while remaining who he is, that is what he will do. Our trust can be absolute. No one could look at this good and singular light without being consumed by love. The rest, the mere physical, is a world of toys, of Legos, of crystal, empty in itself. They are props for us when we are children meant to be abandoned when we grow. This is why you exist and what you were made for. You have an instinct for it pulling at you that you will ignore if the glimmers of created things blind you. Let them go. Abandon the crystal. See what's real. You have to trust the light, trust being, trust God. He whispers to you even now. Look at me.